0: Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. I'm your host, Heather, and today we are talking about the one thing. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please The one thing is a book. It's a way less esoteric than you're thinking right now, but it's a book by Gary Keller and Jay Papasin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I read it. I'm, I'm kind of in my third um, reread. I read it and then I rescanned it, and now I'm kind of integrating it into the other books that I've read. And while I 100% recommend it, like I didn't put this in a recommended books podcast, I put it in its very own podcast for a really good reason. It's actually that good. It's actually that important. And the entire concept, while it's really, really simple, it's got a lot of moving parts to it. And if you have questions, and certainly if you have critiques, and like, oh, that's not going to work for me at the end of this podcast, I very, highly recommend you get the book because guaranteed it's me not explaining it properly rather than them not writing it properly. So there were two ideas. That's funny because it's the one thing and there's two ideas, two ideas in it that completely rocked my world. One is an idea and the other one is a mantra. And they both come down to basically the same thing. So the, the um, first idea that really, really just... It changed how I view so many things. My business life and world partner, Robbie, and I talk about prioritization and how to get more productive and all those things all the time. And one of the things that we've noticed we run up against fairly often when we're feeling overly taxed, overly stressed, all that stuff is we're prioritizing everything. Or we're prioritizing the thing that's in front of us right now. Not necessarily the thing that's going to get us the most bang at the end of the day. Not necessarily a thing we can even finish today or not the most important thing we should be doing. So that often leads to getting to the end of the day going, well, what the hell did I do all day? I don't even, I started a bunch of things, but then something else happened and something else happened and I got distracted. The one thing is the way to keep that from happening, to keep your days from running you. It does, however, take into account that we all have tasks that pretty much fill up our, let's say we're really on the ball and we're sleeping eight hours a night. Well, there are tasks that take up the other 16 hours. And those tasks include things like showering and eating and interacting with your family and things like that. So it's not a book about getting more done. It's actually kind of a book about getting less done, but getting more productivity out of it. And one of the things he talked about that was my biggest thing was work life balance. If you have been in the personal development and professional development world in the last, I'd say probably four or five years The number of people who are totally against the idea of work-life balance is very high. But most of those people are like, no, you can't have balance. Just work now, be happy later. And oddly, that doesn't work for most people because we're not happy most of the time. And that's not something I was excited to jump into. I didn't want to just find a better way to get more done. Although I kept buying books about getting more done. Because it wasn't necessarily about getting this one thing done or those 15 things done or working off of this to-do list. Even how I set up my to-do list, even though I was prioritizing things, I wasn't looking at it the way they do. So he talks about prioritization and balance. And the whole point of the one thing is you're always going to be off balance. He has this little grid thing in the book. This is where I wish we could kind of do like a video style podcast so that I could sort of show you the picture of this in my head. But picture a vertical line going up and down and then a jagged line crossing over it. So you're going off to one side and off to the other side, back and forth all the way up. The middle line is that perfect balance if you're living in that perfect balance, you are not getting anything done. You are literally living day to day, accomplishing nothing. You will stay on that track. You will be perfectly balanced, but you probably have a very small life where there are absolutely no drains on your attention. I can't imagine a situation where somebody would have a straight line. If you would, I bet you're not experiencing much joy for the rest of us, which I firmly believe is all of us. We have to go off of off balance constantly. But it's like when you're learning to ride a bike and you overcorrect this way and overcorrect this way and overcorrect and overcorrect back and forth and back and forth. When you're learning how to skate, you do the same thing. When you're learning anything to do with balance gymnastics, when you start leaning too far this way, you know, you're supposed to lean a little bit the other way. And it's that dance of going back and forth off the midline of balance where the, that's where the magic happens. So there's two sets. I mean, he, he takes into account that you also you don't just want to be productive in your work day. You want to have a fulfilling life. So he does go into all of the life areas because that's kind of where I fall down. I can do a really amazing job at my work. And my kids are like, oh, I forgot what color hair you have. Or I can do a really amazing job, you know, parenting my kids and then and volunteering and doing all of these things that fill my soul. And then my clients, I open my email and I've got, you know, 375 emails that are all need to be handled in the next hour. So there's a balance, but that balance comes from overcorrection. You pick the thing that's the most important and you go off of balance to that side. And then you come back and bring it over and you go to the other side. You get all of your tasks done. So you're not trying to get everything done in that same hour. You will take an hour that you're not doing those tasks that you know are absolutely important and you have to do them. Some of them, little secret, probably not that important, but you'll only find that out after you try it. So you're going to take your, your list of tasks and you have these goals that are also aligned with your tasks, really big goals, the things that are actually going to make your life better in whatever way. So you're going to have different lines for family, for, you know, your, your own wellness, for your business and how far you deviate before you overcorrect and bring it back is where the, the big part of your focus has to be. So if you're doing a big work project and you know that if I get this done, it's going to make my life easier. It's going to make all these things easier. I absolutely know this is the thing I should be working on. But all of these tasks keep getting in the way. Well, that's both of those statements are true. And there's no magic wand to make either one of those things not happen or make both of them happen at the same time. That's not the option. What you're going to do is block off the first couple of hours. This is assuming you run your own schedule. If you don't work it into a time and even talk to your boss about your schedule, see what you can do, because trust me, as a boss, bosses love when you want to be more productive. They won't get mad at you for that, for the most part. So talk to whoever your superior is and say, well, if you are want to be working on this deep work project, I'm going to need to leave that stuff for a little bit. I'll come back to it, but it's going to be left for a little bit. So in your work line of balance, you're going to go way off to one side. And you're going to spend a whole chunk of work, a whole chunk of time doing this deep work. And then you're going to have to swing way back over and get all your little tasks done and then swing way back over to the other side and get more deep work done and way back over. And it's these big, jagged over corrections. But because you're doing it intentionally, you are not going to be spinning a bunch of plates and getting nothing done. The goal here is completion. It's not having 37 tabs open and scrolling between four. what I do, I toggle between screens of 37 tabs. I don't do that anymore. What I'm working on right now is this and only this. And then when I'm done that, I'm going to go fill in all of those tasks that I used to fill up that time with. And then I'll go bounce back over and do my important stuff. And then I sometimes I bounce in the run of a day. I always do in the run of a week. For example, today, there were some really important client tasks to get done. I batched them, I put them in a buffer block, I sent all the things out, and I've spent the rest of the day working on our really, really big, really, really exciting work projects. Do I have to make up that time on my regular tasks? Yes, I absolutely do. So I will go over and work only on those tasks and not even be thinking about the big work project because it's handled. It gets rid of that mental load that we carry around that we're always doing the wrong thing with our time because I know that's going to get handled once I'm done this. So I am free and clear to just focus on the thing in front of me family, he recommends you do much shallower overcorrections. So while yes, you may go like a night without tucking the kids in or something like that, he's not recommending you go way, way, way over before you overcompensate and spend all your time. It's a much shallower balance. So remember that your kids don't need you 24 seven. I know most of us, unless they're actually physically dependent on you. After the age of like six, your kids are really happy with quality time rather than quantity time. So if you have a limited amount of time, make it quality by putting those things into effect. And again, you know, the work stuff is going to get handled and you can put it to the side. So you're going to make little too much family time, too little family time, too much romance time, too little romance time. Those ones are little overcorrections and they can be planned out in the run of a day. And you will start getting creative when you see, well, I have this much time. How am I going to fit those things in? How will I let the people that are important to me know they're important to me? And you may find that you increase your, I love you texts. And I was just thinking about you or picking up a little gift on the way home or making dinner or something. You will find little ways so that you stay closer to balance because you know you're taking more time for work right now you're acknowledging that so you get to keep that in balance too and still keep the people happy so there's a shift of constantly going out of balance intentionally planning it that way, knowing the things that you have to do in all the areas of your life. If this is going to be a week you're not going to get to the gym, that's okay. You can plan to park a little farther away or do some stretches in the middle of your day or do something that you can do and then overcorrect later on. When you do have more flexibility in your schedule, you're going to double up a little bit, maybe do a yoga class and a workout. The point of it is you're constantly bouncing back and forth. You're constantly staying in balance by staying intentionally out of balance and never letting it go out of balance for too long and never letting it go out of balance unconsciously. What we have right now is constant unconscious out of balance. We never know where our energy is going so we're never directing it anywhere so we never really get anything done. All of this means you're going to take your time and spend it properly. And by doing that, like I said, you're going to have less mental load. Everywhere you are is where you're supposed to be right now. And you have a plan to get the other things done. So you don't, you're not wondering what's going on in my email inbox right now, because you know that you will be checking your email inbox in 20 minutes or in an hour or in two hours and while yes that where what's going on in my email inbox right now is a habit believe me I was doing this for the first couple weeks and still panicking because my habit was the same I'm only important if I'm checking my email or if I'm not checking it there's definitely an emergency guess what there's not And you start finding as well when you start batching that stuff that a lot of the stuff that you were really prioritizing really isn't that important after all. Stuff didn't get done and literally nobody noticed. You didn't even notice. It didn't make your day any different. You didn't go to that meeting because you said, sorry, I'm too busy to go to that meeting right now because you want me to get this project done and nothing bad happened. You just got an extra three hours out of your day. So you can always... Use that balance and use the overcorrection just as an awareness feature. Oh, I'm way overcorrecting in terms of, you know, strategic things for the business. I'm not working on the tasks for the business. I know I've got to pull that back. So let's put that in the schedule. Or I know I'm way overcorrecting by spending way too much time at work. Or sometimes the overcorrections aren't your fault. And I'm way overcorrecting because my kid is sick and I'm spending all my time at home. But guess what? I still have clients and bosses and managers and supervisors that need me. So I know that work has got to get done. I'm going to make a plan to get it done when I'm back. What it does is keeps you from not being where your feet are and not being in the moment. And it also makes sure that all of the plates stay nicely spun without you running around like a crazy person. The second thing that completely rocked my world was their mantra. And I have used this oh my goodness, so many times when I'm, when I'm looking at my to-do list and everything seems to be really, really, really important, but I only want to get some of the stuff done. And I'm basically know I'm picking the ones that I want to get done rather than the ones that should get done. And I have the awareness of that. I need to interrupt myself. So what I will do is actually combine the five second rule. So I will five, four, three, two, one. Okay. And now I'm in the place where I can turn my brain off a little bit, not do just the thing off of my list I wanted to do, and I can ask myself, what is the one thing I can do right now such that everything else will be easier or unnecessary? What is the one thing I can do right now such that everything else will be easier or unnecessary? that is your priority. We all have them. And he, in the book, there are examples after examples, after examples, because most of you are thinking, oh yeah, that's fine for her, but not for me. No, trust me. Read the book. Read the book you can prioritize down what your most important things are and you can put them on a schedule. But again, if you don't schedule it, you won't do it. You'll just go to the next easiest thing on the list. The best way to look at it is if I reply to that email that is not pressing and that email is going to take me 10 minutes, is that the best use of my next 10 minutes or can I batch that with the other things? It's not saying that stuff isn't going to get done. And really, once you've been doing it for a few months which I'm only about, I'm only, I'm not a few months into it by any stretch, but it has already shifted how I work because I've been really kind of obsessed with it. Also preparing for this podcast, the things that didn't get done at the end of the day, I look at them and go, right. I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. That isn't actually going to push the needle. Although I put it on my list for a reason. Why did I put it on my list? Who cares? It is not something that, if I do it, it's going to make anything else easier or unnecessary. Most of us have tasks that will do that. Sometimes it means communication with your clients is the most important thing, or your customers, or your manager, or your boss, or your team is the most important thing and it's the thing you never get to because you have so many other tasks. But that one little bit of communication will make everything else easier or unnecessary. The act of delegation, most of us put it off and we procrastinate delegation because it doesn't seem to be hugely important right now. I'm not saying it is, but you know it is. You know it is. You know that if you delegate, it will make everything else easier or unnecessary. And you can start focusing on different things. So you do have to take time away from that task. You do have to take time away from other things. Yes, you're going to overcorrect a little bit. In the area of communication, training, discussion, strategizing... And then you get to go back and overcorrect. And guess what? Now there are fewer tasks on your list when you go to overcorrect and prepare for your next set of tasks. You've just made your life easier and you just made your tasks unnecessary. So now you get to use that time to do something else. Sometimes it's a matter of looking at how you work, the processes. We never take time to really sit down and look at the processes that we use to get work done. So if there's a way to simplify the process, one of those things being everybody attends every meeting all the time, that's a process. That's a bad process. So opt out. If I need to be there, let me know if I can you hand me the agenda and let me know when I need to be there and I'll be in for that part and then I'll leave. You do not need to be in every meeting. You also don't need to be in every email chain. You only need the information that you need. And by communicating this to the rest of your team, to your staff, to your customers, to whoever it is, you will be forcing them to respect your time. So right now, look at the rest of your to-do list for today, for the week, if you're really on the ball for the month, and figure out what is the one thing I can do right now such that everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Then look at your relationships and say the same thing. We all avoid the hard conversations, so then every conversation becomes hard. So sometimes that's a matter of having the hard conversation. Sometimes it's a matter of doing that one little thing that your partner really wants that's going to make your life easier and an argument unnecessary. Sometimes it's a matter of finding your kids another online tool, since we're still teaching, doing uh, homeschooling right now with uh COVID still kind of a little rampant. Um, So sometimes it's a homeschooling thing. What is the one thing I can do right now to make things easier or unnecessary for my kid and for myself? I could find another online program that does the same thing. And that 15 minutes that you spend is going to save you hours and hours and hours. That one conversation you have will save you a lot of mental load, unhappiness and wasted time up next we are kind of continuing there's a bit of a theme here with thinking time the one thing tomorrow we are talking about or next next uh, episode we are talking about being productive versus being busy what are the trademarks of being busy what are the trademarks of being productive and how do you go from one to the other if you liked what you heard, please let us know. We live on validation. Hit subscribe, leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, find us at HALA.agency. That's H-A-L-A.agency. And online everywhere as HALA Connected. Until next time, kick ass and do your one thing. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking (coughs) ass.